All right, Rube, it's time to finish this countdown. Yeah, we have the final 48% here coming up. All right, this is the Eagle Eye Podcast with Ruben Frank. I'm Dave Zangaro. Last week, we counted down the 25 most important Eagles from 25 to 13. Let's quickly recap, and then we'll jump back into it. At number 25, Quez Watkins. 24, Gardner Minshew. 23, TJ Edwards. 22, Marcus Epps. 21, Landon Dickerson. 20, Jake Elliott. 19, Brandon Graham. 18, Jordan Davis. 17, Kaiser White. 16, Avante Maddox. 15, Nicobe Dean. 14, Fletcher Cox. 13, James Bradbury. And now at number 12, a guy who we've talked about quite a bit the last few weeks, Miles Sanders. Yeah, we've talked about him a lot, but his importance can't be overstated, I don't think. I think he's potentially top 10 running back or a little higher just with his ability, but we we just haven't seen him put it together for a full season. Even his rookie year, he, he ended up with good numbers, but you know, there's a stretch early in the season where he wasn't running the ball well. There was games where he wouldn't only get a few carries. So he's three years in, and I really don't know who he is or what they have. I, I know he's he's got some ability, but especially considering his contract, he'll, he'll be a free agent. Um, he's scheduled to be a free agent if he doesn't sign anything. Uh, to me, he's a really fascinating guy in this team because I just have no idea what to expect from him. Yeah, and I because this offensive line is so good, I think we all have a, the question in our minds, like how much better is he than the next best option? Because at times you see like Boston Scott will go in there for a game and play really well. Kenny Gainwell had some success last year. Jordan Howard had his games the last couple of years that looked really good. Last few years looked really good. So um, I guess that's part of it too. How much better is Miles Sanders than their next best option? That kind of matters when you're putting together a list of how important someone is, but I still think he's, he's much better than the other guys they have. Interesting. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, he's got the home run ability. Uh, I, I thought last year he ran more decisively. He he didn't dance around as much. It's funny because he had about the same average last year as the year before. The year before, he had three runs that were like 70 yards or more. This past year, he didn't have any long runs, but he had the same average, which tells you, you know, it's, you know he, he's getting pretty much getting four or five a pop. Um, he doesn't have a lot of negative carries, which I, I think some people think he has more than than he has. Um, I, I like the player more than more than a lot of people, um, but he's got to he's got to show he can do it. I think he's really really important. They're not going to run the ball as much as last year, but they are going to run uh, a significant amount, and they they need him. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. All right, number 11, 
Josh Sweat, who had a pretty good year last year, was the Pro Bowl alternate, eventually made the, the Pro Bowl roster for the first time in his career. I don't think he quite played to a Pro Bowl level, but uh, he was better. And the thing with Josh Sweat that we've seen in his career, he gets better with each passing year. That's true. He has. And again, like you, you see with late round picks, he wasn't a late round pick, fourth round, uh, just kind of mid round pick, but uh, he's, he is so important to this team because look, I don't think Derek Barnett is going to, I don't even know what his role is going to be. I don't think he's going to all of a sudden in year six, he's going to six year, uh, five. He, Six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't have he couldn't have forced that fumble or recovered that fumble if he's going into year five. Yeah. Uh yeah, going into year six. We're we're math majors here. Uh yeah, I just don't think he's gonna suddenly just turn it on and become a you know, eight to ten, twelve sack guy. So we know BG is important because he's BG, but Josh Sweat to me becomes critical on this team because I don't know where the pass pressure is coming. I know Hassan Reddick will be getting it from, you know, from the Sam linebacker spot, but as far as defensive ends, I just don't know. I, I don't know if you can count on BG and, and, and Derek Barnett. So who does that leave? It leaves Josh sweat and he's crucial. Yeah, he really is. And he ended up with seven and a half sacks, but the impressive thing was the way he finished the 2021 season. He was really good down the stretch and it was a shame for him obviously that he missed the playoff game with that internal bleeding uh, pretty serious stuff and i don't think they win the game if josh sweat plays but uh he was really important uh, he was coming on really strong toward the end of that season and it makes you wonder if he would have played well in the playoff game too i think he had three sacks in his first 10 games something like that so i guess he had four and a half in the last seven games mm-hmm. um which is you know about 11, 11, 12 sack production over a full year. And that's what he needs to do. I think that's what the expectation is. You know, he's, he's a pro bowler. He's got the contract. Uh, In that four game win streak at the end of the year, he had four sacks. Okay. So that's 17 sack pace right there. Now that is good math. I won't take that from you. (laughs) Yeah. That's not, that one wasn't above me. At number 10, Devontae Smith, Mm. who honestly would be higher on this list if they didn't go out and land themselves uh, another number one receiver, but landing themselves. He's still obviously a huge part of this offense. And, but trying to figure out where he comes on this list was a little tricky because he's no longer the top option. So he can't be more important than the top option, but his numbers are probably going to improve because of that. Yeah. That's why this list is so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can see the, the pretzel twists I get myself in trying to put it together. Yeah. Yeah. It's like any ranking. It, it, it's just, but that's what makes it fun. And because there is no clear, you know, there's no clear right or wrong. It's just kind of something you can really, really toss around. We're in the top 10 now. Um, I don't know if I'd put Devonte in my top 10. Um, just because of the role and, and AJ Brown's presence, Goddard's presence, uh, but he'd be close, and you can certainly make that case. It's fascinating to me how you went so defense-heavy in the first half. The top 10, it looks like it's seven offensive guys and three defensive guys in the yeah. top 10. 
Um, I just gave gave it away. Uh, but um, yeah, I tried to really not think about it like that. Right. Yeah. No, it's just funny how it worked out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Devante is. Uh, I, I did a piece earlier in the off, pretty early in the off season, ten reasons why I think he's going to improve, and I went back and reread that, and it, I, I I really do believe he will. Now, obviously, that was before AJ Brown was here, but I, I really do believe we'll see a, a better player. I think Jalen's hoped for improvement will help that. I think AJ Brown will help that. I just don't know how much that's going to show up in the numbers, because I he, think he'll he'll increase. I, I I do. I think he'll be. I don't know, he. I think he'll be over a thousand. Um, I, I'm really curious to see where he is as a player. It is tough though because we talk about like all these guys, yeah. uh, and it's like it's probably not going to work out that way. Yeah, I mean they're not going to have five thousand passing yards. <laughs> it's yeah. just not going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, that might be a, a fun little thing to look at to project how many yards each receiver is going to have. Yeah, so uh, on the last uh, or on a podcast recently, we talked about the. Uh, the over under for Jalen Hurts passing yards is like thirty four hundred. Well, <laughs> like, how's this gonna happen if, like, you know, we can't have AJ Brown with a thousand, Devontae with a thousand, Goddard with a thousand, and then you know, like Quez with six hundred. Like, yeah, like this, it's it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. So somebody's gonna have somebody's gonna have a disappointing season. We've already established that. <laughs> but the numbers kind of tell you that, unless or Jalen could throw for forty two hundred. Yeah, which isn't crazy. Yeah. All right, number nine on the list, Dallas Goddard, who I think is already an elite tight end. I think he's a top five guy right now, and I think this season we're really going to see that in action. Yeah, and I've I think I've made a lot about the stats after the Ertz trade, which I believe was week seven. Yeah, October fifteenth. Yeah, after that trade, he had the fourth most yards of any tight end in the NFL after the after the Ertz trade, and it was the first time in his life he had been the guy and he played like it and um yeah i think we're just kind of so used to Ertz putting up huge numbers that you know you don't really i i guess there's a tendency not to look at goddard the same way but he's he's really really good and he's a better blocker than Ertz. and i'm i'm a big zach Ertz fan i mean the guy won a super bowl with two of the biggest catches in eagles history so you'll never hear me knock him um but i think dallas goddard potentially could be as good a player. Yeah. In a much different way. Yeah. You know, I, he'll never catch 118 balls. Yeah. He's never going to be the volume guy that Ertz was, but he, he is more explosive. He'll get more yards per, per catch, certainly. Yeah. I mean, he was at 14 eight last year, I think. Yeah. He, he's a big play guy. 14 eight for any player is high. Yeah. Especially you know, much, a tight end. Much less a tight end. I mean, that's like a historic number. Um, and he didn't have any like seventies, you know, that was just on good, solid production and, um, man, he's really good and a great blocker. Yeah, he is. And last year, pro football focused, take it for what you will, had him ranked as, uh, tied for the second best tight end in the NFL, along with George Kittle, only Mark Andrews was above him, but I, I think I, you can, whatever the, the, the rating and rankings there, but. I think he's a top five guy. I think he's better than Mark Andrews. If you look at targets, mm-hmm. I mean, Mark Andrews had like a hundred more targets than Dallas Goddard last year. He did. And Dallas Goddard had like 200 fewer yards. So you talk about efficient and making the most of your targets. Goddard has Mark Andrews beat by a long shot. Uh, number eight, 
Javon Hargrave, another guy coming off a Pro Bowl season, even though he wasn't an initial pick to the Pro Bowl, was an alternate, got in. And he's kind of the opposite of Josh Sweat, who, you know, Josh Sweat finished really strong. Javon Hargrave got off to an incredible start. The numbers kind of went down as the year went on, but he was still pretty effective. Yeah, his sack numbers went down, but I thought he played well mm-hmm. straight through the season, really. Um, you know, for, for, for interior linemen, you take the sack numbers with, not, I don't say a grain of salt. They're big, they're important and you want them, but I don't think that's really how you measure that position, mm-hmm. you know? So I liked the way he played. I, I thought he was just, uh, really, really solid. Uh, I'm glad he finally made a pro bowl. Uh, I thought he deserved it. And I really think at that position, there's a lot of unknowns. I think Fletcher's an unknown. And we talked, uh, on the last podcast about his kind of gradual decline over the years we don't know what jordan davis is yet um you know milton williams is a young guy who could play inside and outside but javon hargrave he's just really solid um he's going to give you everything he has and um to me he's definitely one of the three or four most important defensive players on the team just because he's the one interior lineman that you know what you're going to get from him yeah and you're right they they need that baseline they need to have that guy that steady force they can count on because you're right there are other unknowns we don't know how the the decline from fletcher we don't know exactly jordan davis or milton williams what they know is that hargrave needs to be consistently disruptive this year if they want to have some pass rush up the gut yeah and again he's kind of like miles he's in that situation where he doesn't have a contract after this year and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there yeah, it's it. That's the one that's almost a little surprising that it's not even done, right? I mean, you're entering that final year. It was a three-year, uh, thirty-nine million dollar contract, so thirteen million per year. He's going to need a pay bump now because he's come here and played really well. But um, maybe the, it, it might be tough to figure out the price. But I would think the Eagles want to get him signed. I would think so too. I mean. Maybe they're thinking we go into next year with Jordan Davis and, and Milton Williams and go young. Um, but I, I would hate to lose Hargrave. Yeah, maybe they'll see what Milton has this year if they think he can yeah. become a legitimate starter. And then maybe you're right. Maybe then that money is better spent elsewhere. Yeah. But for now, I look at this and I think, man, you better try to get Javon Hargrave under contract. I agree. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Uh, all right, next one, we are up to number seven on the list. We go to the offensive side of the ball. The left tackle, Jordan Mailata. Your left tackle is always going to be probably a top 10 guy uh, for for good or for bad. Um, 
man, he has just come so far. I remember talking to him in a locker room. That's how long ago it was when we were in the locker room. Just, you know, he had those back injuries. Like, well, that that didn't work out. He's never going to get a chance. And look where he is now. It's really an amazing story. It's funny because we're around it so much. And it's, yeah, he's a left tackle. What do you mean? Like, But it's insane. It really is. It shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yeah, it couldn't have happened. And and you know what's amazing about Mulata is it's gonna be a movie, right? It should be. Yeah. Um, he just how this is a guy who just never never watched football, never knew, but he's got like all the mannerisms, he's got all the lingo. Um, it just comes in a Australian accent. And uh but I, I guess I mean rugby is a really physical game. And you know, what are the odds that somebody who's so physical at that sport could not only learn a technique and learn how to, you know, how to line up and how to understand what, what pass rushers and all that stuff, but also take that physicality and that violence and transfer it to a completely different sport. And that's what he's been able to do because yeah. he plays. I think in a lot of ways it almost maybe didn't help him, but I think it helps Stoutland that he got to start from zero. You know, he didn't have to erase bad habits. Yeah, that's true. But the the physical aspect of the game that you don't really see from people that haven't played it, and he's been able to, he's been able to. I mean, plays the game, you know, violently and and ferociously, and um, and man, he's got a lot of heart. Yeah, it's and a for, from a mental standpoint, it was tough. Like it was obviously really tough, and Stoutland is not a a walk in the park. You know, he really does get after him, and he's on him every day. Uh, and I always credit Jordan for that because I, I, because he comes off as this like fun loving guy, but he really has responded to that style of coaching. And if, if that wasn't a perfect match, there's no chance that he's their starting left tackle right now. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. They stout, you know, people can re- react in different ways to stout. Yeah. You know, it can, you can break you or it can make you and. Jordan just knew how to respond to him, and Stout gets the most out of guys like that. All right, we're up to number six. Darius Slay, CB1, played great last year. Yeah. Yeah, I think the way the league is now, man, your CB1 is going to be a top five top five guy on a list like this. Um, he's going up against the best receiver, and last year he – I thought he played okay his first year here. Played played well. He was fine. He was fine, but last year you really saw, you know, what an elite. He was making the plays last year that he just missed the year before. Yeah, yeah, and the ball just came to him. And, uh, yeah, you could see, I mean, he was elite last year. And, and uh, man, I love his attitude. I love his, his sense of humor, his swagger. Uh, he's just one of those guys that you just love to watch, whether he's playing or doing an interview or just walking around the locker room or the field or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, he's, he's really impressive and, um, he would be, he would, he would definitely be up there on my list too. Yeah. I wonder how long he can play at this level. Cornerbacks drop off and he's over 30 now. Yeah. But based on last year, you know, they need him to play at that level again. Yeah, they do. And 
Long term, they need to develop some corners. Need to draft some corners. They haven't developed any. Yeah, they haven't drafted any. Uh, you know, in a high round in, in quite a while. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Avante as a as a slot, but as far as outside corners, yeah. I it, mean, they they drafted Sidney Jones back in twenty seventeen, and Rasul and Rasul in the third round that year. Yeah, and they weren't well. Rasul wasn't a complete. Disaster. He played okay. Um, Sydney was just always hurt. Mm-hmm. Had a couple flashes, but it's a position that at some at some point they're going to have to think about. But for now, they're in pretty good hands. Yeah. All right, number five, a position they've been in pretty good hands for a while. Lane Johnson at right tackle. I think we sometimes we take Lane for granted a little bit. Yeah, you've said that. Uh, I mean, he's a three-time Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. He's he's just solid. He's just a solid guy. Maybe because Mulata is such a great story and, and left tackle, we focus more on him. Um, but Lane has been here since 13, since Chip's first year. And, um, you know, he's so consistent. He just doesn't – just never plays bad. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's – I mean, he, he he's as solid as they come. The things he can do athletically – not many guys can do the things he could do technique wise. Not many guys can do. And he, like, we've seen such a big drop off and they had good backups. Not that they haven't had good backups, but it's a noticeably different offense when he's out there and when he's not out there. That's true. It's amazing how, when you see lane, you just like, everyone looks so small next to him. And then when you see lane next to Malata, <laughs> lane looks small. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, he's he's going into what his tenth year. <laughs> Is that possible? It's possible. I wish I was better at math, but yeah, three and two. Uh, he's going to his tenth year with the Eagles. I mean, he's an all-time Eagle. He's a Eagle Eagles Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. How many of these guys on this list are Eagles Hall of Famers? Well, I don't want to do that until we're done with the list. Yeah, let's finish the list first. That's let's a go good to, idea. Let's go to number four, uh, AJ Brown. A Big acquisition. Finally, that top target everyone had been waiting for. And I think he, I have him so high because I really think he's going to change the complexion of the offense. Yeah, I get that. And I think he's just so important to Jalen Hurts as well. And and that just just that, I mean, he's, you know, I, I think I said this on another podcast. If, if, AJ, if A.J. Brown just catches one ball per game, that wasn't caught last year, you know, just 17 catches over a season. You know, that's the difference. I'll be- take the over, by the way. Yeah, me too. But I mean, I'm not saying, well, it's, <laughs> I know. it's catches that weren't <laughs> caught last year. So I understand. Um, just that alone, go, you know, takes, takes Jalen Hurts from 61% to 65%. You know, so, you know, the difference between 61 to 65% quarterback is the difference between mediocre and, Decent, you know, above average. I think the average in the league last year was sixty-four point two. Um, that's that's four passes every hundred passes. So that's one every twenty-five passes. So it's about one per game. Uh, it's amazing. So AJ Brown is the first legit number one proven stud wide receiver um, this team has had in a while, and. And look, Alshon, I don't think I put Alshon. I mean, he 
he made some really big plays while I was here in 17 mainly. Um, but he never, you know, he never was a consistently productive, you know, he was always, there was always that frustration element. Alshon could be better, especially when you look at what he did in Chicago. And when you looked at his contract. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was past his prime. He yeah. was still a really good player. You have a player in AJ Brown who he, he might not have hit his prime yet, you know, and that's an exciting part of it. He's already, you know, a pro bowl caliber player and there might be more room to grow there. Yeah. And, and it's just something that this offense needed so bad. I mean, he makes, he's going to make Devonte better. He's going to make Jalen hurts better. He's going to make Nick Sirianni better. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a huge, a huge signing. All right. Number three, we went from a newcomer to a guy who's been here longer than almost anyone else. Jason Kelsey, as long as he's here, he's going to be pretty high on this list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about one of the best centers to ever play the game. And it's, it's interesting to me how since last year ended, I think we've all kind of stepped back. And like when Kelsey, like it, there's always that, like you think about like, what if he retires until mm-hmm. he announces that he's not. And you start to think like, I don't want to see this team without, I can't imagine seeing this team without Jason Kelsey. You start looking at his accomplishments. And I think when the season ends, you get to take, take a step backwards and like four all pro first teams, that doesn't happen. And you start to like compare them to other greats and you realize you add it all up that this is one of the greatest Philadelphia Eagles who's ever played the game and still playing at an absolutely elite level. So um, I can't argue with number three for Jason Kelsey. He's a, you know, he's a legend who's still playing, and we're, God, we're just so lucky to have him and to be able to watch him. And and uh, he's six round pick, man, in 2011. Unbelievable. Yeah, and you, I, I think you really hit it there because the importance that he he presents for for Hertz is huge, and, and you know, maybe he's less important now this year than he was last year, just because now they have his heir apparent in the building whereas last year. I mean, every time he left the field, have a heart attack because here comes Nate Herbig to who was a good guard, but to snap the ball over Hurts' head, it was, a, it was always an adventure. At least now you have Cam Jurgens who you think is going to be able to, to play one day in this league. So maybe from that standpoint, he's not as important, but he still means an awful lot to this team. And I think his value transcends, his elite play too. I mean, he's, he's a guy that everyone looks up to on both sides of the ball that coaches look up to, um, offensive and defensive. Um, he's such a wise, you know, he's seen everything. I mean, he's, he's seen everything since he's been here. I mean, you think about it. I mean, he got here, you know, in 2011. I mean, he was here under, under Andy Rio. He has BG. Kelsey and Fletch under Andy Reid. That just seems like ancient history, but he's seen it all. You know, he's had ups and downs, but he's he's he, we know he's a tremendous natural leader. Uh, he doesn't speak up often, but when he does, man, I'm sure it's so quiet in that room because everyone just respects him so much. He's great with the young players. I mean, he's just, if you put him at number one, I wouldn't have any qualms with it. Well, he's not. We have to get to that. I was but, waiting for the transition there. Yeah. And number two, uh, Hassan Reddick. This is a team that had 29 sacks last year. That's not good enough. 
And no matter how much weight you put into sacks, that's not good enough. You know, it's yeah. still it still uh, kind of shows you that they weren't getting enough pressure on opposing quarterbacks last year. Hassan Reddick should change that. This is a guy who's racked up sacks the last few years, and he needs to get pressure, consistent pressure for the team to be successful. Yeah, it's interesting how two of the top four are newcomers, yeah. one on offense, one on defense, and both at positions that have historically been subpar around here. And they're both just huge additions. I I think Reddick is a little bit more – I guess I'm more sold on A.J. Brown. Okay. Uh, Why do you think that is? Maybe just because he's had more. I mean, Reddick's had two – Two good, really good years the last two years. A.J. Brown's been really good every year he's been in the league. Well, that's only three, three years. years. That's yeah. one more year. <laughs> I get that. But um, I don't know. Maybe maybe some of it has to do with, you know, just the 3-4 the thing that, you know, I, I don't know how much 3-4 they're going to play. We don't know that. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, he's. Well, it's not like he's only going to be out there on 3-4 situations. No. No, but uh, I don't know. I don't know how productive he'll be as a defensive end in a, in a four three. I, I just don't know. So well, he'd still. Yeah, he wouldn't be. I I don't think he's going to play defensive end. Okay, well, you know, we'll see. I mean, I I guess scheme fit is probably like I know AJ Brown is a perfect scheme fit. I I just I got to see how Hassan Reddick fits in. I guess I get that. Um. But I, you know, look, if he does what he's done the last two years, um, I mean, this team hasn't had a double digit, a guy get double digit sacks back to back years since Trent Cole, mm-hmm. I believe. So that's a long time ago. Yeah. So certainly, certainly a huge addition. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the 29 sacks. It's the, it ties the fewest they've ever had in a, in a season since sacks became an official stat. And I think, even when they were unofficial, it's their most since like the or the fewest since the early seventies. One year, seventy three, maybe. And as much as you can talk down the importance of that stat, no one's going to be like, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> yeah, and that's something that teams coaches say when their teams don't have a lot of sacks. Like if the Eagles have fifty, you know, then no one's going to say, "Well, they're not important." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, number one, shocker here, the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Oh. I thought it was Devin Allen. I didn't see Devin Allen in the first 24. I figured he was number one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've talked about him uh, a lot. And somebody, I mean, somebody asked me today. Um, I was sitting in a coffee shop on Walnut Street. And they said, you know, what's, you know, how, how are the Eagles going to do? And I was like, just depends on the quarterback. And mm-hmm. we could talk about all these other guys, you know, whether it's Landon Dickerson or Josh Sweat or James Brown. I mean, it's going to come down to Jalen Hurts. And how much he improves, and other things. There's other. There's other factors. Obviously, other players are important. But I mean, if he if he's elite, they're going to be really, really good. If he has a disappointing year, they're not going to be really, really good. It's that simple. Yeah, and you look at it now. It's like he he has a team around him. I mean, this is a pretty good team. Yeah. When, when you're going through this list of players, the the roster looks really good. On paper, offensively, they look really good on paper. It's just a matter of whether or not he can take them to that level. And he has all the tools now. Who's their worst offensive starter? Like, who's the offensive starter we're most concerned about? 
uh, I guess the right guard, probably the right guard who we've said is like, you know, a possible pro bowler in the past. Yeah. That tells you where the offense is and, you know, defense, maybe a, a couple more question marks, but Howie Roseman has done everything he can possibly imaginably do to, to create uh, a, a situation where Jalen Hurts can, can thrive. If he doesn't, there's no excuses. There's no excuses. There were last year. Mm-hmm. You know, he had Jalen Rager out there for 736 snaps. Um, this year is no excuses. Yeah. All right. Let's look through this list a little bit. You know what stood out to me as we were going through it? Yeah. That Jalen Hurts at one obviously wasn't a surprise, but there were a bunch of guys that are about Jalen Hurts. Like Lane Johnson at five is a lot about Jalen Hurts. A.J. Brown at four is a lot about Jalen Hurts. Jason Kelsey at three, a lot about Jalen Hurts. It's such a, obviously, a quarterback-driven league, but um, that that's the reason those positions are pushed up toward the top. Yeah, that's true. And Goddard at nine even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's kind of why seven of the top 10 and eight of the top 12 are offensive players. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's your offense. I mean, the only who are the offensive starters that aren't on here? Say um, Malu. Say Malu. Um, that's it. Wow. How about that? Yeah. On defense, the only starters not on here are Anthony Harris. And that's it. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's going to come down to Jalen Hurts and it's going to, I mean, it's going to be fun seeing how this kid develops. There's, there's no reason to think he won't improve. I think you said it earlier or another podcast, or maybe it was last year. It's not whether he's going to improve. He will. It's just how much and yeah. we don't, we just don't know his ceiling. Uh, I know whatever, He's capable of becoming, he will become that guy because he's going to put in the work and he's getting the coaching. He's got the pieces around him. Yeah. All right. What are the odds at the end of this year? We'll be like, Jalen, we just need to see him for one more year just to really. (laughs) really... Well, the problem then is he's in a a lame duck year. Yeah. Which happens, but you can imagine a team with two first round picks would like to figure this out. True. Yeah. All right, you got anything else before we wrap this up? No, this is fun. Good job on this. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's always fun to do. Give us the feedback. Let me know what I screwed up here. I'll- Can we do the least important players on the roster? Uh, no. If you enjoy the Eagle Life podcast, please rate and subscribe wherever you get your pods. If you're watching on YouTube, please click the like button and subscribe there as well. That's it. We'll talk to you later. For Ruba, I'm Dave. 